G'day folks, welcome to episode 118 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So this week I thought it would be interesting to have a brief look at a news story that I saw actually come up last week about uh, an Ubuntu user getting a DMCA takedown or DMCA violation notice, should I say, from their ISP, from Comcast, uh, for downloading the Ubuntu 2004 uh, LTS ISO. So that's been an interesting story. Plus, we're going to do our usual roundup of security fixes from the past week. Uh, there were 24 Unix CVEs that were addressed there, and they're across packages like Nginx, uh, LibWebP, Python Lasso, Django, DNS Mask, and more. So let's just get straight into it. So up first, there was an update for Nginx. As I said, this affected uh, the Ubuntu releases from uh, 14.04 Extended Security Maintenance all the way through to uh, 21.04, the latest uh, short-term release. Uh, a single CVE here, which was for a single byte buffer overflow, able to be triggered via a crafted DNS response. And so uh, in that case, because you're using UDP, more, probably more likely to be easily forged than say if it was using TCP because uh, of the less state stored there in the protocol. But uh, obviously being a one byte buffer overflow, the kind of thing that could lead to a crash or maybe remote code execution. Uh, so if you are using Nginx, that's now been fixed. As well, uh, LZ4 or uh, the, the library and the command line utility for handling LZ4 archives has been updated. Again, all the way back to 14.04 extended security maintenance plus all the later releases as well. In this case, an integer overflow that could lead to an out-of-bounds write. Uh, this kind of thing, again, that could trigger a crash or possible remote code execution. If you are uh, using crafted or untrusted LZ4 archives, you are a bit safer now. Uh, DHCP was updated. Uh, this is the ICS, uh, both DH client and DHCPD server. In this case, again, a single CVE for an issue where a crafted lease file could trigger an out-of-bounds read. Uh, as I said, this could be triggered against both the DH client and DHCPD as well. So uh, in each case, leading to a denial of service. Uh, that could then, in the DH, in the case of DHCPD, uh, could also cause that lease plus uh, the next lease in the database to be deleted as well. So not just a denial of service by taking down uh, the service through a crash, but actually deleting that DHCP lease as well. Uh, it's interesting to see in their advisory that uh, ISC claimed that the impact would be less if you weren't using compiler hardening or if you're operating on a 64-bit platform, because in this case, you know, your one-byte uh, buffer out or your out-of-bounds read may not necessarily trigger an abort. Uh, but if you were using things like Stack Protector Strong, as we do in Ubuntu, uh, to catch you know memory errors or unsafe memory actions like this, uh, you know, you would instantly get an abort and the application would crash. Uh, in both these cases, though, you know your DH client or your DHCPD are likely being managed either by a systemd or say network manager for DH client, so they will be relaunched as a result. So you know the impact there isn't so high, but yeah, it was interesting, I say, to see uh, ISC almost advocating to not use these sort of compiler hardening techniques that we do. Anyway, moving on. Uh, after that was an update for GUPNP. Uh, this is a library that's used by a bunch of different applications in the GNOME stack for doing uh, universal plug and play and that kind of thing. In this case, a DNS rebinding attack was able to be used uh, that could be triggered by a remote web server and therefore cause your local web browser to start triggering actions against your local UPnP uh, services and devices and things like that that use uh, the GUPnP library. The problem here was that you know it could forge these requests basically those uh, those services and they wouldn't be checking whether the host header specified the right IP address. So in that case, you know it should be specifying obviously say your own local IP address, uh, but it would you know use the uh, remote one and uh, that could then get forged and sent to your local services and could then be used to extract data from them or you know tell them to do various things or whatever it is that they expose via UPnP. 
So that has been fixed to make sure that it's appropriately checking that host header. Uh, after that was an update for uh, libwebp. This is the uh, library that uh, implements Google's you know, brand spanking new image format that's meant to replace both JPEG and PNG and be faster. Uh, it's based on like the VP8 video codec and uses the same kind of uh, predictive encoding techniques used there, basically where they're taking neighboring pixels to predict uh, values in a block, but then only encoding the differences as a result. Uh, uses less space apparently. Uh, again, another C library. So, you know, written in a memory unsafe language, we get the same kind of vulnerabilities that we have been used to hearing all about in this podcast and all over the place as well. Uh, so there was a bunch of out-of-bounds reads, uh, heap-based buffer overflows as well, uh, a use-after free, uh, possible excessive memory allocation as well through corrupted content. So, you know, all these kind of things leading to a likely denial of service or potential remote code execution attacks. Uh, after that was an update for Postgres. Uh, this is for the Ubuntu releases 1804, 2004, uh, long-term support respectively, and uh, the standard support releases uh, 2010 and 2104. Uh, three CVEs were rolled into this, and I want to say thanks to Christian Earhart from the Ubuntu server team for preparing these for us. Uh, these update to all the latest uh, upstream point releases. So that is uh, the 10.17 release for Ubuntu 1804, uh, the 12.7 release for Ubuntu uh, 2004, long-term support in 2010, and the 13.3 release of Postgres for uh, 2104 uh, to resolve those three CVEs. After that was an update for Python. Uh, this is affecting the later versions of Python, uh, single CVE here for Ubuntu releases 2004, long-term support in 2010. In this case, uh, the IP address library as part of Python standard library mishandled leading zeros in uh, the octets of an IP address. So you could use it to decode an IP address and you could specify something like say, not just uh, you know 127.0.0.1, but maybe uh, 012.something.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.
to the end of it that would appear to give you access to stuff that was actually for other users and you know be able to impersonate them or whatever else you might be able to do through that uh, so akamai have actually got a really good blog post about this they go through not just the details of the vulnerability but how they found it and how they coordinated that disclosure that's a really good read if you want to uh, dig into that one a bit more after that was an update for Django, again for Ubuntu releases 18.04, 20.04 long-term support, uh, 2010 and 2104. Three CVEs were rolled into this. There was an issue where the URL validator failed to properly handle new lines and tabs. So this could allow uh, someone to inject uh, headers or other parts into responses. Uh, paths were not sanitized properly by the admin docs module, and that could then be used to probe for the existence of files or to possibly obtain their contents in certain configurations. And as well, uh, they actually had an almost uh, identical re-implementation of the leading zero issue in IP addresses that was in Python itself. Uh, so they fixed that as well. And up last was an update for DNS mask, again, for Ubuntu releases 18.04 and 20.04 long-term support, uh, 2010 and 21.04. In this case, it would fail to properly randomize the source port that it was using, uh, and it would therefore use a fixed port when forwarding queries, uh, when it was configured to use a specific server uh, for a given uh, for queries coming in over a given network interface. Uh, this could then allow a remote attacker to more easily perform cache poisoning attacks because they wouldn't need to guess that source port. They just need to guess the transmission ID uh, once they knew what that source port was to get their forged replies accepted. Uh, so it's interesting to see this. Uh, it actually kind of dates back uh, this kind of flaw all the way back to 2008 when Dan Kaminsky kind of set the uh, DNS world on fire by uh, disclosing not just this vulnerability but a bunch of other ones that were kind of core to the DNS protocol and all the various DNS uh, servers you know, were fixed back in 2008 to fix this kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of interesting to see this one uh, rear its head again in another form. All right, so that's it for this week in security updates. And so the other thing that I wanted to have a brief mention of this week was something that actually popped up on Reddit, which was an Ubuntu user posting that they had got a DMCA violation report from their ISP. And so this user was downloading the Ubuntu 20.04 LTS ISO via BitTorrent. And after that, got a DMCA violation notice from their ISP, who was Comcast. Uh, and this is you know, clearly absurd. You know, anyone that uses Ubuntu or you know, uses it knows that it is free, not just in the free as beer sense, but free as freedom as well, or Libre software. Uh, so you know, this is not the kind of thing that uh, anyone has kind of copyright issues over your sharing of or anything like that. Uh, you know, looking at it, uh, the hash of the ISO that they were downloading, that is actually the real hash for uh, the real ISO. So it's not like, uh, you know, in this case, they were confused about the content or anything like that. It really was uh, Ubuntu that was being downloaded. Uh, and the uh, takedown notice was actually sent via this OPSEC online anti-piracy company. Uh, which, you know, not via Canonical, is not something obviously that we had any hand in or any knowledge about or anything like that. Uh, and so OPSEC have since responded uh, saying that they, their program was spoofed or their notice sending program was spoofed by unknown parties across multiple streaming platforms. So it's not really clear here uh, whether, say, this user uh, spoofed this notice himself just for a bit of notoriety or whether someone else spoofed it and sent it to the user, or whether someone got access to OPSEC's platform and was able to send out spoofed notices. It's really not clear. Apparently, OPSEC are still investigating this and you know, referring it to appropriate authorities and things. Uh, our legal team is also aware of it uh, at Canonical, and they've been looking into it as well. Uh, so yeah, I don't know that we'll see much more come out of that. Uh, I guess it you know, could well have been that this user just spoofed it themselves for a bit of internet notoriety. But yeah, this isn't actually the first time that uh, Ubuntu ISOs have been involved in DMCA-type things. Uh, back in 2016, 
Paramount Pictures actually sent a DMCA uh, takedown request to Google for them to remove a search link that was popping up uh, to the Ubuntu then 1204 uh, precise ISO uh, that was linked to at extratorrent.cc. And this was included in uh, a takedown notice that listed a heap of other URLs that were all apparently for the Transformers Age of Extinction movie. So it's not clear then if they just kind of got their wires crossed or, you know, someone made a mistake and included the wrong URL in uh, the, you know, that takedown notice that got sent to Google. But Google did actually act on it. They did remove that link uh, from their search results. And I guess, you know, Google do get apparently 3 million of these sort of requests per day. So you know, 3 million URLs get sent to them a day that say, please remove this from your search results. It violates DMCA. Uh, and so, yeah, they probably have an automated system that handles that. So I'm not really surprised that Google did remove it. But yeah, you know, not the first time that Ubuntu ISOs have been caught up in DMCA type stuff. All right. So that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact with the team, you can reach us all at security.ubuntu.com. We do hang out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the libero.chat IRC network. Uh, we do have a security section on discourse.ubuntu.com if you're a part of that platform. Or if you're not, come over and join and create a topic and you know, talk to us about anything security. Or you can find us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec as well. So thanks everyone for listening again for another week. It has been great doing this all again for you. Remember, until next time, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.